goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And we do that every week by sharing the stories and advice of those who made it on the other side. This week, we have Samira Ansari. Samira Ansari is the chief creative officer at Deutsch, New York, overseeing all creative efforts on an array of brands, including J&J, AB InBev, PNC Bank, Cetaphil, and Tata Consulting Services, among others. She recently brought home the only gold line in the innovative category at Cannes and was named one of Adweek's Creative 100. She has worked at agencies including FCB New York, Saatchi and Saatchi Paris, and Cummins and Partners in Australia. In all her roles, she has brought her daring nature to the table. She changed how female sanitary products are marketed with her work on Ucotex. She brought Pringles to the Super Bowl for the first time ever and relaunched the PNG laundry business throughout Europe, all while winning awards for her brave, creative, and strategy. Samira's advice in this episode will provide you with the tools and confidence needed to succeed in advertising. You can connect with her and find out which specific resources she recommends just for you on our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. One more time, that's at Breaking and Entering Pod. We ask every guest to suggest three to five resources, and we compile those in a master resource list all there on our Instagram. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right. Samira and Sari, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Podcast. Did I say that correctly? You did. Thank you, Gino. Amazing. I'm so excited to have you on. This is going to be an interesting episode because uh, you are recently, you're pretty new at your agency at Deutsch, New York. Am I correct on that? I am. I think I'm going on to six or seven weeks. It, you know, it already feels like mm-hmm. a lifetime because you know how quickly this industry moves. I'm like in there. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a new gig, it's a new position, it's a new agency. So all of that is is true. I like that. And I'm from my from my perspective, I'm also two or three months in at my agency. But the difference here, this is like my first true advertising role That's at, at cool. an agency. So, yeah. but you've been doing this for some time. You've got some experience because you are the chief creative officer at Deutsch. Is that correct? I am. I'm. I'm the new chief creative officer at Deutsch, and to be honest with you, it's my first chief creative officer gig. So it's so it's the first time I've stepped into a CCO role, which I'm loving and really enjoying, and I'm learning and growing all at the same time. So it's very cool. So I want to talk about this because this is interesting. We're at this kind of a disconnect here. So help me bridge the gap because a lot of our listeners don't even have jobs in advertising yet, or they're just starting yeah. out in advertising, like myself. Yeah. So. A CCO position is quite some time away for them, you know, for the most part. It's it's pretty difficult to get there. It doesn't it takes some time. So you have a lot of this amazing experience that we can talk about in this episode, whether it's your stories, your advice, or or where you came from. But I don't know. like where do you like where do you want to go with this? Uh, you know, being from the CCO level, understanding all this advertising knowledge. Where where what do you want to really cover this episode? 
Look, I think I think being a CCO and running the creative department essentially is is a is a different muscle to flex, right? You get to mm-hmm. learn a little bit about the business side of things. You're you're responsible for building a functioning creative department. So you're responsible for bringing teams together, to building teams, to allocating the right people to the right briefs, to the right brands. So for me, as someone who's been a, a functioning creative for a 25 years. It's it's using a different part of my brain, which I still go in there with my, you know, roll up my sleeves and throw in my ideas and, and expect the team to better it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all in all, I think it's just the next level. You, you, you know, you go into the C-suite, it's management. So you do a lot more of that stuff than, than mm-hmm. you're usually used to. Right. But you still miss getting your hands on some of the work you're saying. Oh, you, always, you, you always have to. Sorry, I interrupted you. You always have to get your hands on the work, right? I mean, ultimately, we're creatives, and I'm still responsible for delivering the best creative product. Um, And and if I don't bring it, then how do I expect the team to bring it? I expect them to better my ideas, but I still throw stuff in. Do you interact a lot with entry-level, like, junior art directors or copywriters? Absolutely, always. I want to know the entire department. I want to know... I, I have to be honest with you, some of the best creatives that I've hired and worked with um, have been the interns. I I throw teams of all levels in meetings with clients. I, I sit in reviews because I think ideas can come from anyone at any level. And it'd be stupid of me to to, to sit in my high seat and, and not interact with, with the department as such. I love that. I see that here at my agency too, but it, it, it's, it's so... It, it's so humbling and, and inspiring, I guess, to see like a junior with somebody that is more senior, like sitting in the room or selling an idea, pitching an idea. It is it, in a good agency like Deutsch, I'm sure the creativity can come from anywhere. So is that, does, does that hold true? It does. And I think more so these days where there's all these people from different di- disciplines coming together, right? Like it, it's not so much the the traditional way of working. I, I really, truly believe in collaboration and idea can, from, can come from anyone. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't subscribe to egos and, and, and that old fashioned way of working. I think if you contribute, then you have a seat at the table and anyone can do that. I love that. It's all about teamwork. So tell me about the team at Deutsch then. Um, I know you just got here, but high level. Tell me about the agency, because uh, I know you came from FCB. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. But real quick, like, tell me about Deutsch. What's it like there? Maybe what drew you to Deutsch? That's how'd you big, How'd you end up here? That's a good question. I I look. Deutsch has almost been a New York institution for a really long time, right? They have a presence in New York. Obviously, they're they're huge in LA as well. But what I liked about, well, first of all, it's another IPG agency. So FCB was an IPG agency. I like the size of Deutsche. I think there's over, over 200 employees. So it's not huge, but it's definitely not small. There's a really interesting uh, roster of clients uh, from anything from, you know, like uh, beauty from, from Cedarfield to uh, d- different to then a really big bank that, that, that does really great work to mm-hmm. Clients like ABI. So I think there's there's a range of, of brands that have worked with um, Deutsch for a really long time. They've always done really good work. And so I think I I like the culture. I like the team. Um, and so far, I'm super impressed. I went there to, you know, to, to make my mark, to kind of bring my way of working and thinking to an agency that didn't have a CCO for a while and, and to just push the work and, and push the clients and you know that's what any good creative aims to do. So let's see, let's see how I do it. <laughs> what are you hoping to do? Like, what's your game plan? What's your vision? How are you going to do it? 
you know what? I, I, I left FCB and I think my legacy to the agency, and I hope they agree, was that I left behind a very good team. The team was fantastic. Like I, I'm, I'm truly friends with the, the team that I built at FCB. And I, and I really think I'd love to do that. I'd love to build a team that likes working together, that enjoys each other's company and, and, and can move at, at, at lightning speed. Because I think that's another thing that I, I like doing. I like solving problems. I like solving them quickly. So I think my, what I would love to do is bring some of that energy that I have and it's, and it's young and maybe naive uh, to, to an agency and hopefully affect the work when pitchers, you know, do, do better work um, on every level. Love that. Love that. And it starts with like, I mean, the people, right? And oh, how are the people at Deutsch right now? I, like, are they excited to have you? Like, what's the vibe? What's the culture? Give me the experience. If I was to peek into Deutsch New York right now, what's it like looking in? It's a really great culture. I, I am super thrilled to be there. I, I, again, in the six weeks, my interaction with, with every sort of discipline has been wonderful. And one thing actually that I forgot to mention about Deutsch, Deutsch is an integrated agency, right? They offer media as well as creative. And I think that's something oh. that we're seeing more and more of that. And it's one of those things that, you know, like you see Vayner Media doing great work in both creative and media side of things. And Deutsch has that as a muscle to flex. And I'm excited to do that. I'm excited to be at an agency that is so integrated. I'm super thrilled in it and impressed by Deutsch, to be really honest. I love that. Well, I am too. And I don't work there. But that, that, that sounds fun. No, don't say that. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, no, that's fantastic though. Um, New York. And where are you living? Where do you live in New York? I am in the Upper West Side. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving you a little too much information. I lived in the West Village. I've been in New York for probably about 15 years, and I was in the West Village for 13 and a half of those, 13 and a half years. Mm. And then I had a baby, and, and no matter how I looked at it, schlepping a baby up, you know, a fourth floor walk up just wasn't cutting it. So we moved um, to the Upper West Side, and I love it up here. So. Mm. And you, you said you've been in New York for 15 years? Yeah. I guess that will segment then to let's kicking it back. Like maybe like how you got into advertising and what you've been doing the past 15 years. So I would love to, to break down, obviously your CCO. Now you're, you're doing great things. It's where you're, you're excited. You have a game plan, you have energy, which is what we like to hear. So long winded version. I want to kick it back now to how you got started. Sure. Uh, talk about what was the moment that you knew that you wanted to, uh, to, to work in advertising? Look, it's an interesting question. I tell you a little bit about my background because I, I think that maybe will help set it up. I was born in Iran and I grew up in Iran until I was um, 12 or 13. I left Iran during the Iran and Iraq war and I'm quite old. So I go back 30 something years, right? Um, we, we went to Australia and sort of I was introduced to English television and English culture, American television, advertising, like all of that stuff. But my parents were, you know, academics. And so all throughout high school, the plan was, you know, I was a mathematics student and I was an academic student and I did design kind of as a hobby on the side. When it came to going to colleges and universities, I went for an open day at, at RMIT University, which is, you know, at the the creative kind of university that does engineering as well as design and what have you. And honestly, I got lost in the hallways with my dad and we were in the engineering department where I saw a robotic arm. And now that I think about it, I swear a lot. I was about to say it was fucking cool. 
um, it was literally a bunch of people standing in front of this this display and I couldn't get in there and I sort of pushed my way to the front and it was a robotic arm and it was like picking up these cubes and stacking them and then unstacking them. And people were like arming and eyeing and this was the first year project for the engineering students. And I remember standing there going, oh my God, like they spent a whole year just like stacking boxes. I don't think I can do this. This isn't for me. Um, and we got lost and I was kind of like, oh, what am I going to do? And we landed in the design department. And that was a whole other thing. There was paint on the floor and people had blue hair. And, you know, as you can imagine, like any college with with a design slash typography slash art slash sculpture department. And I and I felt very much at home then. And so I, I pivoted, as to, let's use that advertising word, to, to, to thinking that I was going to be an engineer or an architect. Um, to to wanting to be a designer with absolutely no portfolio. And I went for the interview and I bluffed my way through and I sweet-talked them into, you know, letting me in. And I was one of the youngest kids in that course. And it took a while for me to catch up with everybody. But I got introduced to advertising there. That was one of the, the modules and I loved it. And, and look, the Australian advertising culture is very strong. Like they've all, you know, if you look at award shows, they always show up really well. Like it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a really good backdrop without even realizing that I was consuming so much advertising just growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I fell naturally into it and I, and I loved it. I can't imagine doing anything else. What was it? What's the school called? RMIT University. It was, I, it's yeah. RMIT. It, it, best fashion, best design, best mm-hmm. engineering. It's like, the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology it stood for, but I think now it's just RMIT. Absolutely. So you, you, so the robotic arm, what was your reaction to that again? I mean, you know, now that I look back as someone who's like super interested in technology and we just did all this really cool stuff, at the time I'm thinking it took them a year to stack four cubes. <laughs> it was like cool. Like they programmed and coded and built this robotic arm that was like stacking boxes. But I just, I, I couldn't imagine having the patience. And that's a whole other thing. We mm-hmm. talked about me being speedy, spending a year um, building that. Now I love, I love watching it. I love getting other people to do it. But like, I'm like, this isn't for me. <laughs> and I'm and glad that I did that. <laughs> what did your parents want you to study? The same stuff. They were academics. So they were like, you know. So like, how did you convince them that you wanted to go into this design advertising world when you discovered it? I didn't. I just change the paperwork for my entry requirements for college and then later on when look i'm this old in australia when the college um application acceptances came out they would get printed in the newspaper so there was a date the 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 age which was like think of it as an as the times that was a day where there was a hundred page section of the newspaper and it was alphabetical mm-hmm. and you went and looked at your name and found out what course you got into. And I remember my, my, both my dad and I were like flicking through it, you know, cause you put in, in order of preference, what you wanted to do. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got into like graphic design, visual communication. And he's like, what's that? We didn't, we didn't put that somewhere. We didn't put that on the list. Yeah, like, where'd that come from? Yeah, but we did. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So then, so this is interesting. I mean, really interesting. So you you study it in school, then what was like your first real experience working on advertising for a client, whether that was in school, was it an internship? And also I want to dive into the culture over in Australia. Absolutely. Look, in school, I I really loved the the course that we did because the final assignment was literally go and find a client, get a real brief, Mm -hmm. write the brief, then do the work for it. And present it. So think of it as every almost discipline and every touch point mm-hmm. in 
an agency. Yeah, account like new business account. New business account strategy, strategy creative. And if if I were to do it now, would add production to it? But like right. back then, it's hard to do it. All that true. Was, yeah. Right? Um, it was pretty awesome. It was mm-hmm. really, and you were like literally cold calling, you know, clients. Hi, so, I'm at university. <laughs> Can I get a brief? I like this. And I, but so a lot of these times, because I'm in, interested in breaking in academia, academia eventually, I think with an assignment like this, the point of it is to figure out for the students to figure out what part of the process they really fall, they, they would fall in love with. Cause it's not feasible to do, to do all those components of the project in real life. So what, what drew to you when you were, uh, when you were doing this project most? I think, I think honestly that the strategy slash creative portion of it. So it was interesting. I've always loved being in client briefings. Um, I, I love having client relationships because I think quite often I like to sit in a briefing, take it in as a creative person and walk away with an idea of what the client's problem is and then solve it. While strategy is doing their thing and, and whatever, I'm also sitting on it and developing my own perspective on it. So I think the, the whole process other than the cold calling, the new business part of it, I would suck mm-hmm. at that. It's not really... Um, but you know, what's really funny to get a job in advertising, you need a level of hustle. I think, I think to work in this industry, you have to love it enough and you have to want it enough and you have to hustle enough because that's the nature of the industry. So again, that's another muscle that I flexed, which I've exercised throughout my entire career, which I think is really important to have. Okay. And I want to see, I want to see examples of that as we talk about your, your past. So, but before we do, I mean, I, what was the hustle then that required you to get your first job? Because you, you did this school project, obviously you study, you got, I'm assuming you graduated. You don't really have to graduate anymore. It seems like no. uh, that's not mandatory if you're creative enough and you can show your work. But so what was your first job? What was your real break in story? That's a really good look, I, I, you know, like every other, you know, creative person, you develop a portfolio. Like back then it was a physical portfolio. Now it's a website. Mm-hmm. Same thing. If you ask, but did me. you know you needed that, or absolutely. was it? No, was it, okay. So your school prepared you in that man. That's good. And did you have one finished oh, by yeah. time? Yeah, I did. And I had the big leather like mm-hmm. cake. Like think old school. The thing was larger than me, and I would slip it around in the wind and like fly off with it. And yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but literally, I look. I I learned people's assistants' names, and I even got to the stage where I could tell you what time they took lunch breaks, so that when I was calling them, because this was again. 25 years ago that they would not be at their desk and the person itself him or herself or probably himself back then would answer the phone so that's how I got my interviews I would call and call and call because they would always block you oh you're another person who's looking for a job he's really busy we don't have anything you know blah 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 and then I would like corner the person himself he's like can I come and show you my book and be like oh god okay and um and eventually you know I I saw someone called Sean Cummins at an agency called Cummins and Partners a really um boutique agency in Australia that was doing really, really good work. It was very difficult to get in there. And, you know, I, I talked my way in through a friend who actually got me an interview that went to college with me and that was it. I got my first break. And I think once you get your first break and you're in and you, you, you learn and you do good work, then you're in the system, right? How was your book though? I mean, did college prepare you enough to have a decent enough book or did you have to work on it some more when you graduated? What was that? What was your book like when you were, when you graduated? Look, I'm going to be really honest. For a really long time, my student book was better than what I was producing the first couple of years. And only because, you know, you're only, 
it's the opportunities you get. And then there's real clients. There was like two or three pieces that I, that were like so pure in my, and I was so attached to them in my student portfolio. Because you spend six months building, you know, and it doesn't work like that. So it was a good lesson to realize that, yes, you can have the best idea on the planet. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to make the thing you have in your mind. Um, Huge, huge, huge lesson that you just uncovered here. And it's so important for students as that while they do have the time, whether or not, well, you don't even need an internship. I don't like personally, if you're creative while you're working on your book that you just said it, that work in your book might last two to three years because it's so important because when you get an entry level job, most likely you're not building the, these huge brand campaign pieces. You could, you could, you could. Yeah. but for like banner ads, coupon ads, whatever it might be, wherever you're at, that might be what you're doing. It could be, you could be at a great agency like Deutsch or like Biden or Droga, speaking of Australia, like you could be doing it. You, you could be at a great agency, but you might not get that work. It might not sell. There's so many factors that come to play in real agency life. So you're going to be banking on your portfolio pieces from school for a long time. So it's so crucial to make sure they're great. And now today, it seems like there's so many resources and like the standard has gone up, like no, no shade at anybody that that's older. It, it's just the, the, it's the standard is high. It so, is. Yeah. The standard is high. And I think you spend more time developing final finished pieces, whether we, I mean, I've seen case studies in portfolio books out of crazy. school. Right? Oh my God. It's amazing to have that skill. And I, I am forever grateful that, that creatives come in with that package of skill. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The concept and the, the production behind it. Oh, it's okay. like, we didn't even, you know, we didn't ask you, but now it's like once the first person does it and it starts becoming a standard, it's like, okay, you don't have a video. You don't have a case study. You don't have this. And it helps you to, to frame the, the, the work, right? Because if you, back then it was like, give it to me in a headline. Now, if you're building a case study, you have to know the point. You have to know um, what you're trying to do, what the beginning, middle and end of it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the point is, I think you can't be too married to your work either. I mean, we kill our babies all the time. It's a thing, right? Yeah. Creatives, you go in there, you get kicked in the, in the gut over and over again, and you still go back with more enthusiasm. So I think that's another lesson to learn. Even though you've killed yourself and you've worked so hard to build a portfolio, you can't, that is not, even though mine is still at my mom and dad's, it's still wrapped up in a thing. And if there's a fire, I ask them to like run out with it because it's, it's now a souvenir. It's an antique piece of souvenir, of course. but you can't be married to it. You have to learn to flex. You have to learn to rethink a problem. You have to learn to come at it from a different angle. If, if the best thing you put on the table isn't bought, doesn't mean it was the only solution. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, what was the first role that you got at this boutique? boutique agency i was a junior art director and and uh, like a fun fact about it as i walked in the agency they were pitching virgin airlines um in australia so a little bit of background it was only Qantas in australia at the time and virgin was coming in with low fare airlines to kind of equalize the, the you know because they had the market cornered Qantas. and richard branson was coming into the office like that was my first client interaction with sir richard branson like oh my goodness how epic is that? You know, and I was like this little kid who lived with my parents because I didn't get paid much. And I had like, and he was fabulous. Like watching him work a room after, you know, after we won the pitch, he came in, he addressed the agency. Everybody went out for drinks with Branson. And that was quite epic. You oh know, my goodness. As it would have been many years ago and lots of, lots of things happened. And it was typical advertising, like you'd imagine it to be. But what I liked about him is that he really, made a point of speaking to everybody and even though I was like a 23 year old nobody 
um, I had a really good conversation with him. He gave, you know, he signed his book for me. We, like I felt noticed and, and involved and it made me want to work on his brand, which was amazing. Wow. So as a disclaimer, if you break into advertising today, you might not meet Richard Branson for their first agency pitch, win, whatever, but that's pretty cool. But you that's just never know, right? Yeah. I mean, you just, you, this is the thing you, you never, never, ever know. And I think you have to have the hustle. And like you said, you might get a job at an agency and you might be writing banners. That doesn't mean you should be writing banners or, or you'd be writing banners forever. Go find a brief. Back in the old days, we used to steal briefs from, from the printer. Be like, oh, yeah. this is an interesting one. I'll just go find the creative director and present ideas for it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I, this can come from anyone. If it's a great idea, thank you very much. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and also, if you're doing banner ads or like smaller tasks, treat them like the biggest tasks in the world, the most important tasks. Because Then you might actually come up with something interesting, a good concept that nobody else was willing to do, but you were able to take that brief and change the game, which says a lot about your own creativity. Take the ones that people don't like. That's really, really well said. I think those those briefs that no one wants to touch are actually good ones to, to make an impact on because no one's really watching and no one's really thinking about it. Oh, no, yeah, but... low, low expectations. Yeah. And then you can just go go uh, raise their standard. Absolutely. So, um, okay, so highlights of your career then. Um, <laughs> you rose the ranks. You worked at some a, a lot of great agencies. So... You, now I'll list some, some of these out, out and you can let me know because I'm looking at your LinkedIn. So Y&R, you did a stint there in Melbourne, yeah. uh, Saatchi and Saatchi in Paris. Yeah. And then you then, then you switched over to New York, it seems like, at yeah. JWT. Yeah. So I guess where what's what, where are the lessons at? I'm sure there's so many. What do we want to talk about? TBWA Shy at Day, Leo Burnett, New York. I didn't even know they had a New York, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Gray Group, Johannes Leonardo. You're, we're talking about some of the some of the best ad agencies in the world throughout your 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 career here, all within the creative realm. I've seen you went from art director, ACD, creative director, so on, which is a pretty normal jumps. So you tell me, where do what do we want to talk about? What what rings out in your career? What are those lesson moments? Uh, look, uh, it's such a good question. I've been very lucky. I've worked with some really, really good people. I've had, I've, I've had some brilliant partners over my career. Some amazing writers. Like this is, you know, it's a team effort. Like I say at the beginning, and there's no one person in anything that I do. Um, I, I, I chased what was inspiring me. I think, you know, I, I Australia has a again a great advertising culture, and I think working there for four years, I probably walked away with maybe ten years of experience. Because it's compact, right? Things move quicker, budgets are smaller, you know, all okay. of that. I was going to ask you what, like, if in like five words or whatever, like real quick, how would you describe the advertising culture there? And you said quick, compact, smaller budgets, maybe. You, you'd be scrappier. It's smart. You, you it's smart and it's fun. Look, I haven't worked in the industry there for, for 15 years. I've been away, yeah. but it, it's smart. It's strategic. And they still have fun. I mean, you know, Aussies, Aussies are Aussies, right? It doesn't matter where you go there. They're always there having a good time drinking a beer. They work hard and they play hard. And I think that's what I loved about the Aussie culture. And I'm sure that set the tone for the rest of your career. Like that's what you grew up on. That was your foundation, your idols. Absolutely. And then, you know, you get a call saying, hey, we're looking for a team to base in Paris, but you report to New York. Like, how do you say no to that, right? So working in Paris for four and a half, five years in my early 30s, oh my God, like what a sort of uh, what's a word that I'm thinking of what an 
visual and cultural extravaganza to be exposed mm-hmm. to as someone in in your early early 30s it was amazing i you know, i traveled all of europe i worked across all of europe and i learned that there are so many differences between a country that's two hours away again being from australia that's freaking 24 hours away um mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot in Europe. I really did. I worked on the laundry business over there f- uh, for four years. And it was interesting to put two Australians in charge of the laundry business. There. So we really had to like delve into each culture and learn about the relationship people had with their detergent, which was a whole other thing. I can talk about that for hours. Um, and yeah, and just professionally and socially and personally, it was amazing. I, I walked away and it's France, right? So the, the, the level of visual inspiration is super high. Expectations mm-hmm. are high. Like the, the French just just know how to bring it. Love that. And then I, I came to New York and I, who doesn't want to work on Madison Avenue, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, like I'm on I'm on Mad Ave, like mm-hmm. working in at the time JWT was the biggest agency in the world. I don't know how many thousands of people were there. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole other experience that, that I that hadn't worked on, these big multi-million dollar accounts and like so many people, and there's like 20, 30 people in each meeting. And and you know, I did some of my best early work there. We did Cortex there, which was amazing. It was fun. Um, then after, you know, then then if 15 years in New York, you move, right? So you 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 move because you want to flex a different muscle, you want a different position, um, you want to work on a different client. Um, you, you know, you know what? You move every three or four years. So but you're moving within New York, you're saying. You're not moving. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, of course. And that's advertising. And and, and yeah. you're in New York. So I New York is I don't know. I haven't been out of the country very much, but I feel like New York is the epicenter for advertising for the world, obviously in the United States. It is a, it, from being from Chicago. It's hard to say that, but it, it's a different ball game when it is, everything like the, center of the world in every industry, right? You find mm-hmm. what I found uh, in, fascinating about New York. You get the best people, the hungriest people mm-hmm. um, from every industry coming to New York because everybody wants to make it in New York and work in New York. For yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know if I could do it for 15 years, but. Well, it gets under your skin, then you don't want to leave. And then, you know, it's like you have a love-hate relationship with the city. I love the city. (laughs) I I don't get it. I kind of understand. I've seen movies and a lot of TV shows and people talk about it. So it's just in culture. Obviously, it's ingrained. It's everywhere. Spider-Man, whatever movie you want to talk about, probably New York. (laughs) Um, But cool. So you jumped around. And I want to talk to you, you know, just real quick, like what was the biggest career jump like outside of you being the CCO? Was it when you went from uh, ACD to creative director? I'm Historically, I've known that that's a pretty big jump. Or was it, would you say like creative director to group creative director? Like what was another big one that was maybe a shock to you? Do you know, I think working alone. Um, so think about it. We work in teams, right? So mm-hmm. at every level, and even now you have ECD teams, you have CCOs that work in teams, which I think, honestly, if finance allows it, it's great to have somebody to bounce ideas off or to have a soundboard. But always ha- having worked with amazing partners all throughout my career, and you can find them all on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Even as a as a group creative director, I had a partner. And, and after moving on from there, I started to work alone and running accounts alone. And that to me was a big change. Like, oh, okay, it's just me. So from Johannes Leonardo to FCB, that's when you had, you went from yeah. partner to FCB. You're at East, you were an ECD, an executive creative director there. Right. And Johannes Leonardo, I was a group creative director, but I was on my own. So I was running businesses on my own. Oh, so 
when did you, when did you lose your partner? Maybe maybe at I was great. at Grace. So for okay. since I had a partner, and then towards the end, I didn't have a partner, and I sort of ran mm. a, couple of, a couple of businesses, and then after that, I've always always worked on my own. Okay, I was just curious. I don't want anyone to dive into this because it's so far removed from um, like our audience. I was just curious. So um, then I want to talk about now is like the lessons, the advice now, like looking back at your career and now that you are the CCO at Deutsch in New York, what, what do we have to say to these people? I know we've kind of hinted along the way, but the people listening want to know how to get to the creative chief creative officer level at some point. But for now, what do you say to the people that just want to be an art director Maybe like you were when you're at uh, Cummins and Partners or at Young and Rubicon. Uh, you tell me, like, what 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 comes top of your mind? Look, I think it's the best time to get an entry level position in this industry. Why? Because everything now happens in popular culture, in social media. It's the we when I started, you know, you made commercials and you put them on television or you put something in a newspaper there was never really that kind of feedback and you thought you were affecting culture or maybe a lot of times we were talking to ourselves nowadays like a culture you see it develop and it happens quickly and what a what a great time to get into this industry because you are changing culture you're Advertising is not advertising anymore. It can't be, otherwise it's forgotten. It has to be relevant. It has to be embedded in culture. So I think it's the best time to get into the industry. Don't be afraid. Know your shit. Get in there. If you really truly believe in something and you're a native to to everything everyone's trying to, everyone wants to be on TikTok. Everybody wants to be in social. Like all the brands want to have a relevant way to tell stories and have a conversation. And it nobody can do it better than somebody who's young and is it has grown up with that as as their way of being. I love that. And what do you what do you look for like when you're hiring or if you're I don't even know if you're in the rooms, but um No, what, I'm in the rooms. I'm in the rooms. Look, I'm looking for someone that contributes. I'm looking for someone that's um hungry and eager and open and curious. I think curiosity is like one of those words that I that I love. Like no one's gonna hand you anything no one ever has right it's it, with me it's never been that way i have gone out there and i have chased things down and worked things out and gotten the gotten the job found a solution great mm-hmm. the brief like whatever i think curiosity is probably the most interesting thing and then i like good people i want to be around people that inspire me and make me smile and and i want to sit in a room with them for 12 hours right so it's a combination of all of that i think absolutely and I asked you, I don't know if off the top of your head, do you have any of those resources that you might recommend or should we just hint it at the, and send them to the Instagram to find it? No, I can look at that. Look, I think it's funny resources back in the day, you know, we had the, the archives that came out and we all like studied mm-hmm. them. Like the Bible. CA annuals. Exactly. Yeah. But all those things are out there and they're free and you, sh- you have to know what's going on in the industry. It's like, it's expected of you. Like you should know mm-hmm. more than I know about the industry, know where accounts are, if they're moving, what's going on. Um, Get into internship programs, study the agencies, look at the clientele that the agencies have, like all of that, because I think pick where you want to be, pick the agency that's doing the work that you want to do, right? And then go to that agency knowing where you want to fit. We have, I can tell you about this thing we're doing. We have a, a, a summer camp, um, that integrates creative with media, which is, you know, what we do at, at, at Deutsch. And I, and I think that's wonderful. What a great way to get into an agency, learn about all the um, different disciplines and actually pull your sleeves up and contribute and work on real things. 
um, track programs like that out and try to emphasize and see if that's really what you want to do. When does this program start or is it already going on? Sorry. Now's a good time. Now's the time to apply. So it's actually the perfect time. I'll, I'll send you all the details. Um, but literally now's the time to, to get in there. Uh, it's, I think it's from uh, 8.1 to 8.5. Okay. So it's like a little workshop, summer camp. Love it. Yeah. It's a condensed We'll get this, we'll get this out. Yeah, this episode will be out in time to tell people about it. So we'll have to let the people know. I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for creating programs like that. I know those are super helpful and we're all interested. So hopefully if you, if you apply or, or if you reach out, say breaking and entering, you heard it on the breaking and entering podcast can help your chances. Maybe. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been such a fun time looking back into my, yes, <laughs> yes. my career. <laughs> um, can people reach out to you if they have any questions? Always, always email me. You can find me on LinkedIn. All my details are there. Um, I think my website even has my email on there. So feel free to. Great. Come at and, me. And your portfolio is full of amazing work. So many clients, such cool stuff. So uh, if you want to see the real creative work and what she's done, just go to her website uh, and we'll have that linked on our Instagram at Breaking Entering Pod with all the resources too that you recommend too. Thank you so much. Very kind. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow if you can just leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you have time to leave a small review, that's great too. But really that five stars will help us a lot. And be sure to connect with our guests. We want to help you break in. The way to do that is by going to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod. All one word at breaking and entering pod on Instagram. There we have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and their secret resources, and they want to connect. So go do that. And some some thank yous. Thank you to our creative and production team, Buchan Jung, Juan Camargo, and Mikey Malarkey. And our PR team, led by Nicole Tolochko and the AAF group from the University of Illinois. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.